listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I am thrilled to have fellow soul sister Shelly Paxton on the show today. Shelly Paxton and I uh, have met through a coaching community. We were part of the same mastermind together. We were even roommates for a time um, during a, a retreat uh, or rather an intensive that we were attending together. So we got a chance to get to know each other. I absolutely adore this woman. She's been super busy all of last year creating this fabulous new piece of art and book um, called Soul Batical. And I want to tell you a little bit about Shelly and why I'm so excited to have her on the show. So first of all, Shelly Paxton is an author. She's an international speaker and a transformational coach. She spent 26 years spearheading the marketing for some of the world's most iconic brands, including, get this guys, Harley Davidson. Yep, she's a Harley girl, Visa, McDonald's, and AOL. She took what she calls a soul batical. She left corporate America and now runs her own company, liberating fellow rebels and leaders and coaches who are badass executives at Fortune 500 companies to do the same. I'm so excited for Shelly to be on the show. She's a total badass. Yeah, she's a Harley girl, but she really gets it and she gets people on the soul level. And I'm excited to have this conversation with her because this is so needed. It's needed in corporate America. It's just needed in, in life in general. We are so um, daunted by the capitalist doing, doing, doing. In fact, it really zaps our energy. And a lot of us get to a place where we need to take a soul batical. And Shelly's going to get into exactly what that is and what that means for her. And she's going to bring us on a little bit of her journey. And this really resonates with me on a personal level because I had to do this for myself several years ago. And I really think that multiple times in our life, we need to take this step back and really re-examine what do we want? Why are we here? What are we doing? What we're doing? And why are we doing it? And really just examine how we could do life for ourselves better and ultimately for the people around us. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. Without further ado, let's get into it. I can't wait for you guys to hear. Welcome to She Rises. Shelly, I'm so excited you're here. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I was saying in um, the intro that I recorded for you how we've like we've been in a mastermind together and like we've known each other for a bit and we were even roomies at one point in an Airbnb, we right? <laughs> yes. So I got a chance to really hear the story behind your book really like, I mean, over just sitting on the couch one morning, I think we were at our Airbnb and over coffee and we're just kind of talking and you shared with me your, your amazing, amazing journey. So I wonder, um, 
for the audience listening, if you could give us two things. One is I would love to give them a definition of what sabbatical is because it's such a cool <laughs> yes. freaking word that hashtag you made up. I love it. Um, <laughs> and, I did. Uh, I love it. And and then like, what was your experience around this? Because I am a, we you and I talked about this already. Like I'm a firm believer. Everybody in their life, if not multiple times, at least once needs to take a sabbatical. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yes. Well, and it's, it's interesting because when I created the term sabbatical and I christened myself chief soul officer, as I was walking (laughs) out the door at Harley, I really had no idea what it meant. I just knew that I was starting on this journey. I needed to have faith and I was going to nourish my soul, nourish my creative soul and get back into alignment with who I am and my soul's deepest, you know, fears and desires, right? And what I've come to realize in the three and a half year journey that I've been on is that sabbatical isn't about leaving your job. Sabbatical is actually about finding yourself. Sabbatical has become a way of being. So for me, I now talk about it in, it's like, it's a choice to live and lead more authentically, more courageously and more purposefully and to have like a big fucking impact in this world. And that's what sabbatical means. Oh my God. I have, wait, I have to jump in there a second because I'm, oh, I love this. Okay. So to me, that just squashes something that I freaking can't stand about like our industry, which is the people that go off and they go move somewhere, right? I, I did this. I went and moved, I took a sabbatical literally and I moved to Mexico but then there's the whole like, and you can have this too, and you should do this too, and you should leave your, and, the, and this is your, and it's like, no, you don't need to leave your job. <laughs> you don't even yes. need to travel to another country, <laughs> right? So it's like, I love that because you just squash that whole. Oh, and can I tell you? It's so gross, right? (laughs) It does. It feels yucky to me too. And I, and I think for a while I was kind of like, people were looking at me like, what is this thing? What are you doing? And looked at it kind of with like those squinty eyes. Like somebody was like, you know, yeah, that has like that new new age flavor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, but it's not. And the beauty now is that I look at it and I go, there are as many shapes and sizes and flavors of sabbatical as there are humans on this planet. That's the really cool thing because it is not a one size fits all. It is not a prescription to, you know, leave your job or do X, Y, and Z. It's more of a blueprint. And, and what I love about it is it's like, make this your own, right? Because this really is about becoming chief soul officer of your own life. And what does that look like? And to be honest, like I'm in the middle of working on a TED talk right now because I'm going to apply to TEDx Chicago. And I know you do. Thank you. And you do such rocking speaking stuff that I know that you have an appreciation for that. And one of the things for me is like, it's all going to revolve around this chief soul officer idea, because to me, sabbatical becomes an antidote to all of the burnout and stress related illnesses and deaths and the skyrocketing rates of depression and suicide that we have in this country today, right? Or in both countries, right? In North America and in many places. around the world capitalism abides (laughs) yeah exactly and it's really like that was it's bothering me because we're not putting radical self-care and we're not putting our health first we're not 
putting, I don't like the word balance. You know, people talk about work-life mm. balance and I'm like, that's bullshit. We have one life. So for me, sabbatical stands for alignment right? Align your life, align your life around like, what, what do you, who do you want to be? What do you stand for in this world? What impact do you want to have? What are your values? I mean, honestly, starting to dig into that and doing the hard inner work that you and I have been on a long journey doing, right? Mm -hmm. Some together, some separately. That's what this is really about. So I would say like, pick up this book if you're ready for that journey and to architect what it looks like very expressly for you. Don't pick up my book if you are not wanting to take that inner journey because to the point that you made, like, yeah, it's beautiful to go to Mexico where you went or New Zealand and France and the Canadian Rockies and the zillion other places that I went as well. And I wrote a line in the book that to me, just like, I actually just stopped for about 20 minutes after I wrote it and I went, oh my God, that's it. And the line is, the power of place can feed our soul, but it can't fix it. That's mm. our work. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Right? I was, I was actually a freaking men because I was thinking that like, yeah, I took a sabbatical to Mexico, but for you know, half that time I wasn't doing any soul searching. And I love that you, I love that you combine the words because sabbatical, as we know, is to take a break. Right. And mm -hmm. it comes from the word Sabbath, which as we know is the day to rest and be with God. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's this, it's that, are you resting? Are you taking the time to tap in, to find your inner resource, resourcefulness, right? Because we are yeah. burning the candle at both ends and people are getting sick. Like I, you and I just talked before we hit record about how I've been dealing with chronic exhaustion lately and just really like, I think lifestyle and overwork and overstress stuff really finally hitting me. And I'm taking a soldatical right now in a sense, because I'm being forced, my body's forcing me to slow down and to look within and to see what's aligned and what's not aligned and to find what, you know, so I get the power of that. And we don't need to leave the country. We don't have to wait till we get sick. We don't have to wait till we get fired or something blows up to actually start doing this work. So I, I, I love, 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 love right. that. Well, and, and oftentimes we are waiting for that, right? Like I talk in the book about illness and divorce and some tra you know, tragedy. My, my dad's two strokes. I talk about the nightmare that I was having at Harley that finally like literally shook me out of my sleep by my lapels and was just like, listen the fuck up. I've been whispering and now I'm shouting. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and so don't wait. Like, I don't want people to wait. And I think this concept of retirement is silly. Like so many of us are putting our lives off and off and off. And we say one day when, or as soon as the kids are gone from the house, or when I have X amount of, you know, money in my bank account or whatever, and we're postponing joy and we're postponing fulfillment. And part of my mission with Sylvatical is to rewrite that script of success. Because if you looked at my, I mean, let's be honest, my resume is killer when you look at it on paper. Paper. I worked for some of the most amazing brands. I worked for, you know, Visa and McDonald's and AOL. And then, you know, the creme de la creme was the last six and a half years of my career. I was chief marketing officer at Harley freaking Davidson, right? And yep. so even Harley girl. <laughs> all of that, yeah, you know, it's like, I, and I still love my leather, right? You can take the girl out of Harley, but you can't take the Harley <laughs> out of the girl, right? I still I do. And at the same time, 
I woke up going, is this really what it's like at the top? Like something was missing for me. And so I had all of this success by traditional measures on the outside. And yet I was like dying a little bit on the inside. So I started saying like, I have success without the full. So I never really mm. felt successful. And so that's it. a big part of what this is too. This is being on the mission to kind of rewrite the script of success that realizing that success and fulfillment are not mutually exclusive. And I started to believe for quite a long time that they were mutually exclusive. And I'm like, no, I want to tear up that script. Right. And, and I dream of a day where this work can actually get back into not just culture at large, but also corporate culture where things like radical self-care could be on the C-suite agenda. And the idea of time off is a prerequisite for smart work and creativity and impact and innovation instead of like, you know, a, a payoff for, you know, time you put in in the office right? It just doesn't make sense to me. So I want to, I want to start to change that, that dialogue and change lives as a result. I talk about it in terms of my own mission. And I say, my mission is to be an impact billionaire. And what that means is I want to liberate a billion souls and I can't do that on my own. So this whole book was written as part memoir, part movement, right? Because I want to get more and more of us becoming chief soul officers because then we will change the culture around us. And it's part interactive guide. So you can do the deep work that you and I just talked about, right? You, you cannot escape some of the really provocative questions that I throw at you in this book. So, and I yeah, love well, that, I wanna, right? I'm like, take this somewhere. I want to go there actually right now because I'm, so as you're talking, I'm thinking about Hand, like well, all of my clients, but I'm thinking about some people in particular. I'm thinking about the Fortune 50 Google person, um, or sorry, the Fortune 50 executive and the Google person. I'm thinking of the surgeon that I work with. I'm thinking of the lawyer that I work with. I'm thinking of all these women who their hair is on fire at work all the time. Like yeah. <laughs> they have deadlines, they have, you know, at the end of the quarter, they have to report and there's all this stuff going on. And, you know, obviously we're doing the work around the slowdown and we're doing the work around what I call spiritual hygiene. Right. Yes. Um, and making sure they're slowing down and we're doing, but these people that are might be listening to the show that aren't working with me and they're not working with you. Right. Yet. <laughs> but yeah, right, right, right. Yet, right. But they're going to go buy your book. We're going to have the link in the show notes for everyone listening, Thank but they're you. listening to this right now and they're going, okay, I hear you. They're going preach sister. They're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. And then they're, and they're like, but now what, now what do I do? So besides buy the book, which they should do, what are some practical things right now that you can throw at us for those people that are listening for me, even who's currently on a slight soulbatical, um, what do we do? How do we get back into this alignment and back to ourselves when, you know, for example, the lawyer I'm working with right now, her, like, she's a partner. It, there, there's no support there to slow down. Like, you know, there's, there's trials happening. There's things, there's people, right. And she, so what does she do? Yeah. So a couple of things that I want to say, one is buy the book and make the commitment and it's not just about buying this book, but it's about making the commitment to actually do the work in the book. Because yeah, otherwise you become will, shelf help. 
Yeah, exactly. I love that phrase. Um, it's it's the, the, I wrote it this way because I knew people would see themselves in my story, maybe not all of my story, but in pieces of my story. And that's the exact feedback that I'm, I'm getting reflected back to me. And it's really powerful how many men and women are being really moved by my story. And it's because they're taking the time to do the, I call them soul searches at the end of each section of the book. So I have four soul searches. Each is around like kind of a pillar of sabbatical. So sabbatical to me is um, around authenticity, courage, fulfillment, and purpose. And so I took the opportunity to say, okay, now you've heard my story. Let's do a soul search around authenticity. Let's do a soul search around courage. So I bring that up again to say, be willing to do the work because that's really, I mean, as you very well know, that's where the magic happens right? Reflecting back on, you know, how honest are we being with ourselves, right? In authenticity, I've just literally, I just opened to this page in the book right now. And it's like, one of the questions is, what would change if you were being 100% true to you right now? And list the top three, three things that immediately spring to mind, right? Mm, There's just like that. starting to be honest with ourselves, because I talk very clearly in the book about saying, there was a lot that I was pretending not to know right? That little voice inside and my body was giving me a lot of signals that I was out of alignment. And I was like doing my warrior thing and putting my armor on and muscling my way through. And so I think if we really like one, create some stillness in our lives so that we actually can sit down and hear that little voice and get more in touch with what our soul wants and even what we're scared of, right? Because that's usually a really good indication of the direction we need to head. So I would say commit to answering these questions and there are great exercises in the book. Some I take you through as you're reading the book and some are actually in the soul search sections. And one of my favorites and Giovanna, I know you know a version of this. So this is my soul version of a version you and I have both learned, but I call it the soul sucks versus the soul fuels exercise. <laughs> Right? I love that. And so you, we, we've both been coached on, you know, variations of this, but this to me really drove it home. And I did this exercise for myself when I was in New Zealand, literally having a breakdown in a cottage in the middle of a torrential monsoon by myself. I was having a full on identity crisis and I really had to sort out a lot of things around my identity, around who I am, around really owning my worth. And I had to get really clear on what were the soul sucks and the soul fuels in my life. So for anybody listening right now, this is a super simple exercise. Either grab a page in your journal or grab a blank sheet of paper and at the top of it write, my life. And then draw a line down the middle of the page and the left column is your soul sucks column. So imagine that as the things that just drain you of energy, right? It's just sort of like the, the, the hot air goes out of the balloon immediately and the balloon just goes thud on the floor. That's right. That's what it does to you mm -hmm. and your soul and your energy. And the right hand side is exactly the opposite. That column is your soul fuels. What are those things that you could do all day long and feel like no time has passed. They bring you incredible joy. They literally fuel your soul, right? They fan the flames of that fire inside of you. 
And so I do the exercise by saying, spend five minutes on each column, stream of consciousness, don't pick up your pen or pencil, and no judgment. This is absolutely the no judgment zone, no editing zone. Just go five minutes on the left column, five minutes on the right column, and then take a step back from that. And the questions to ask yourself are like, which column is longer? What surprises you? What scares you? You know, what do you want more of? What do you want less of? And in the book I go, you know, I have, I have even more questions, right? But those are just some That's a great starter place because I just did this for a TV segment that I filmed down in Phoenix last week. And I had the woman who was interviewing me, the anchor of the program do this. And she's like two things that were on her soul sucks list. She was like, Oh my God, like, I don't even know where those came from. And now I need to really figure this out. And she's just like, cause that's what stream of consciousness does to us. Right. We let it flow through us and our, you don't edit yourself, right? And you don't edit yourself and the little voice inside is going to help, um, help guide you. So I love that as an exercise for people. So that's something super practical that you can then take action on, right? Because the idea is we want our soul fuels list to be longer than our soul sucks list. And so in there is, uh, is kind of a second exercise around learning to say no and, and creating boundaries, right? Yeah. And because understanding often, why you don't do those things, right? Like, cause it's yes. like when I did this for myself, which I've had to, I've had to circle back and do repeatedly. So I recommend like, you know, rinse, repeat this a few times in a year, even because we go into autopilot. Right. And when I had my list of what's sucking me and what's fueling me, um, my, my suck list was much longer. Um, totally, mine too. I had to sit back and say, well, why am I not doing the soul fuel stuff? Like what's the excuse? Because I had a gajillion excuse. I don't have time. It's too expensive. I, this, I, that I should, I blah, blah, blah. And so I, then I had to do the extra step of looking at why I was choosing to not nourish myself. And I was choosing to stay on the suck side of the list. And a lot of it is this like, programming is what I got to for myself. I don't know what you Uh found for you, but just old programming of like, that's how you should, right? Live. And it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. And I, and I go through part of my story and actually a whole chapter in the book is called shooting all over myself because I realized like I had all of these shoulds in my life. And so much of it laddered up to me living my dad's dream all of my shoulds, right? And so that's another one that I kind of land on. And I know a lot of people see themselves in that part of my story as well. So I had all these shoulds and all these limiting beliefs, right? That were, so it was starting to like, Un, um, unpack all of all of that relative to, well, wait a second, why am I spending all of my energy on things that are draining me versus fueling me? And how do I, how do I create, you know, stronger boundaries? How do I say more? There is, as, as uh, someone we know always says, there is no such, such thing as a hell maybe, right? It's right. like, am I doing this or am I not doing this? And by not doing more of the soul suck stuff, where maybe I felt guilt or the shoulds or some sort of, you know, obligation. And I went, no, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore because that is the only way I'm going to create space for more of the soul fuels in my life. 
because time is finite, right? It's a limited resource. So where do you want to use your time and your energy? And so, so that, I'm curious what you yeah. would say to, um, I'm curious what you would say. So I know how I would answer this, but I'm curious to know how you would answer it. So if someone's listening to this and they're going, yeah, they're like mentally making their suck, suck, soul suck list and their soul, what is it? Fuels list. <laughs> fuel. <Yep. laughs> so there's yep. their fuel and their suck list, right? And, and they're saying, oh my God, like my, my job is on my suck list. And I, like, I need my job right now. Like, so what do I do? Right. So what if something that's on your suck list you, you need right now, like a job or maybe like maybe your kids are on your soul suck list and God knows we can't get rid of them. Right. We love them to bits, but you know, what if it's something on that list that is not immediately changeable or like you can't just pick up and quit your job necessarily. Like, yeah. And a lot of people can, and that that's very, very true. And I've had this happen with clients and I have talked about this various thing as I've been coaching people, people through this. So here's an example. And I actually, a woman who, um, another podcast I was on, she gave a very personal example of this after I kind of talked about it. And I was like, what you really have to do is say, what are the next right steps? Like while I'm in this job, how can I create more space in my life for something that really like is a passion of mine or fuels my soul, right? And just do it little bit by little bit, like 1% at a time, maybe 5% at a time, but just create those opportunities. And what it requires is that within your job that you really uphold your boundaries. You create very clear boundaries around when you're in your job, when you're available, what does your own space and your own time look like? And how, how do you then create space? Or maybe it's only on the weekends to start, right? And on the weekends you say, okay, I'm going to do more of X, Y, and Z. In this case of my friend Bronwyn, she was like PR, her, her job in the PR world years and years ago was sucking the life out of her. But what she loved was talking about like coaching in the communication space. And so very slowly over time, because she couldn't afford to leave her job, she started to carve out time where she was like, taking on like a communications um, coaching client where she was getting a little bit deeper into that space. Then she kind of got into the TED world and she took a few more coaching clients on. Ultimately, she built her practice up enough that she could leave her full-time job. So she was creating mm. space for something. So this can be the long game too. In fact, for most of us, it is the long game, right? Yeah. It's kind of like Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss, right? So yes. yeah, I love that. And I would have given a very similar answer. It's like, if something's on your suck list that you can't immediately get rid of, or, you know, it is like your kids are sucking the life out of you, but you don't want to get rid of them because you love them. Right. It's like, but where can you infuse more? joy? Where could you infuse more life? Because then the stuff that feels like, you know, it's sucking the life out of you might get better. Or like in this example of your friend, she followed her bliss and eventually became something that she could step away right from her job. So exactly. Yeah. And I think that's so important to keep in mind because again, going back to what's kind of sold online, right? This whole idea of like, pick up and quit your job and move to paradise and you'll make money doing the, like that whole thing. <laughs> it's like seven figures a day. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like so unrealistic. And we're dealing with real people here who have real lives and 
commitments and and it's you know it's something it's something that I early days was trying to sell too because I thought well everybody should want this and it's like well no because everybody's dealing with something different and we have to give people the tools at whatever stage they are in their life to get back to this alignment and get back to their own internal sense their their own internal compass for joy um, yeah it's very true and, and I would say I think there's a there's a tough love um, you know, end of the spectrum as well, which is some people like I was telling myself I couldn't leave my job and I was divorced with no kids, but I had kind of like signed myself up for this lifestyle and this, you know, this glamorous title and this, you know, iconic brand. And I, and I had all of it. I was telling myself I couldn't leave it because I was scared. And I, I finally got to a place where I said, I'm going to invest in the possibility of my future self. And so I would also say, I know there are many circumstances where people simply cannot leave their job for two months, six months, a year. And that's mm -hmm. why I've designed this in a way to say, you don't have to start doing the work now and following your bliss and see where it leads you right? That's an important piece. But for some people, I would push even harder. If I were in a coaching situation, I might say, is it true that mm -hmm. you can't? Or is it true that that's simply not a priority? Yeah. Thanks that, for bringing that, that in. Don't, that you don't want to because language matters, right? So yeah. that's an important piece. And obviously I don't know everybody's situation unless, you know, I'm, I'm coaching you personally, but I really would like get, and I think some of these questions are in the book, but it's like, get really freaking honest with yourself about what is I can't and what is I won't or I don't want to now, or I'm shooting all over myself, yeah. right? Get really clear on where your language is coming from and what are the beliefs behind that language? Well, and I would add too, like, what are your, I must, right? Because totally. if I like, if I must be happy and I must be fulfilled and I must be enjoy are not on your list, then why? not <laughs> right and why not and it's exactly. so it's yeah and i love that too because a lot of people um i know you know at the start of me writing my book um i was like oh my god i just sound like a white privileged asshole writing this because i went <laughs> moved to mexico and like you know i had savings and blah 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 but i had to push myself i had to push myself to know that that was reality because i was shitting all over myself for my entire existence and i still yes. do so, you know, sometimes it's there. And it, like you said, radical self-honesty will say, you know what? No, this opportunity is here for you. You're just scared to take it. Yes. And then, for, like you said, for other people, it's like, okay, well, maybe it's not staring at me, but it doesn't mean I still can't take this journey. It doesn't mean I still can't do this work. Yeah. Well, and, and another mutual friend of ours who, who, you know, she's in the coaching space. I remember her story of saying she went into the powers that be and said, I know I can do my job four days a week instead of five. And she really kind of owned her queen and walked in there and said that. And that was a way that she started to carve out time for more of her soul fuels and ultimately to leave and go do, you know, now she runs her own, you know, really successful coaching practice. But she was convinced she could do her job in four days a week and not five. And she, and she ultimately sold them on it completely delivered because I'm sure most of the women we're talking to right now, like we overachieve 100% is like most people's percent is like most people's 75% or even a hundred percent. Right. 
So there are so many clever, like there are so many ways we can get creative on how we create this space. But I would say the first thing we have to do is find that stillness and ask ourselves those difficult questions so that we get to the root of what's really going on, right? Is this fear? Is this, you know, is this really, you know, a financial challenge? Is it whatever it is? Like, let's define it. Let's understand the beliefs behind it. And then we know what we're working with, right? And so that's what I would, I would encourage everybody find the place for that stillness. Even if it's like, I'm only carving out a half an hour a day, find that. It may seem like a lot right now, but believe me, you will want more and more of that time to spend with yourself and really getting in touch because that's the only way we know if we're on the right path. It comes from inside, not outside, right? It's our own mm -hmm. values, not validation. And that's a big part of what I call being a chief soul officer. It's like that quote, and I always, I always misquote if it was the Dalai Lama or, or who that said the quote, and I, I apologize all the time, but it's like if you, if you don't have half an hour or 10 minutes a day to meditate, then you need to, to take an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I remember reading that and going, what? That's crazy. If I don't have 10 minutes, how do I going to have an hour? And it's like, oh, no, I get it. Like if I can't carve out 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day, then I actually really need an hour of sitting still. So yeah, great, great advice. I totally have that quote in my book too. I think oh, I, I probably, you know what? I, I don't <laughs> even think I attributed it. I was like someone wise once said, cause I don't someone think I can wise. get an actual attribution. It was like someone wise once said, if you don't, if you can't take yeah. 10 minutes, you need three hours. Right? I always credit I like that. Osho or like the Dalai Lama. It's probably yeah. neither of them. Um, anyway, but so it's a funny, great, great quote it's to so end on. Powerful. Exactly. <laughs> and that is like so much of this is like, we just need to slow down, find that time because so many of the answers are just knowing the next right steps are, are found in that conversation and that internal dialogue. And, mm. and, uh, yeah. And the, in the book kind of, you know, helps you through it's, it's a loose blueprint for what the journey I took and then ideally inspiration for, you know, anyone who wants to, you know, start to shift their life into greater joy and fulfillment. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shelly, for being here, for working your ass off to get this book out. Cause I know it's going to help so many people. It's just, we are in an epidemic of burnout and, and the fallout of overachieving and whatever you want to blame it on, you know, um, it's just, we're, it's an epidemic and it's, it's not worth our health. You know, our health is the number one thing. And this is, I think, going to radically change things for a lot of people. So thank you yeah. for being here. Thank you. This was an awesome conversation. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone. For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 